Hello and welcome to Mother Bodies, the podcast about health after birth and why it matters. I'm your host, Rosie Taylor. I'm a health journalist and I'm also a mum. In this series, I'm asking some brilliant, wise and witty guests to share their thoughts on how the politics of postnatal health affects us all and the big ideas which could change our lives for the better. Most importantly, we'll also be sharing our own stories of health and recovery after birth and our honest experiences of motherhood. That's because it's only by sharing our stories that we can empower each other to ensure we all know what to expect and to make sure we all get the care and support we need, both after birth and throughout motherhood. This is Mother Bodies. So something a bit different today. I'm talking to you from the Royal College of Midwives Conference, which is being held in Newport in South Wales. Um, And the noise that you can hear in the background is the sound of hundreds of midwives chatting, meeting up, networking, and talking about what is going on with maternity services in the UK. And to be honest, we all know that things are not fantastic out there at the moment. There are a lot of problems and a lot of challenges facing maternity services. Um, But the aim of this conference is to sort of get together find out what's going wrong, find out what can be improved um, and sort of celebrate the amazing work that midwives do but looking at the sort of wider systemic problems that are causing staff shortages and all the other pressures that means women don't always get the care that they need and serve. So I thought I'd grab this opportunity to speak to someone from the Royal College of Midwives about postnatal care and what's going on there because a few years ago the former chief executive uh, of the union, Cathy Warwick, described postnatal care as the cinderella of midwifery you know it's the poor cousin basically it's neglected it's underfunded it's understaffed compared to antenatal care and birth if resources are tight resources get directed to those two things completely understandably but that means very little support sometimes for women at the most vulnerable point in their lives often so if you have had a baby and regardless of how your birth went you found that afterwards you weren't given all the information that you needed. You didn't get the help with everything that you uh, wanted. If you weren't given help and support to recover from any physical symptoms you had or with your mental health. And that isn't the fault of individual midwives. You know, there are big systemic problems that are putting a lot of pressure on midwifery services. So I wanted to chat to the Royal College of Midwives to find out what those pressures are, what we can do about them, and is there anything that we can do to make postnatal care experience better, both for women, but also actually for the midwives who are caring for those women. Hello, I'm Lia Brigante. I'm an advisor at the Royal College of Midwives, and I'm also a midwife and I work in the policy and practice team. Brilliant. Um, thanks so much for agreeing to come and chat to me. Oh, so fun. I just really wanted to talk to you about postnatal care, because um, a few years ago, Cathy Warwick described it as the Cinderella of midwifery services. Do you think that's still the case? I think we can fairly say that it's still the Cinderella of maternity services. Uh, it's probably got a little bit worse on the back of the last couple of years of the pandemic and some... Uh, service centralisation. There is a lot of focus on antenatal care and birth planning and the whole kind of, you know, risk assessment before you have a baby. But then often services are struggling to provide the same emphasis and level of care after you have a baby. So there is a bit of a vacuum 
often. Why do you think that is? It's probably lack of investment and uh, services don't have enough midwives and uh, uh, resources to do everything they would like to do. So an obvious answer is maybe to have a postnatal clinic rather than offer home visits uh, and, you know, the kind of more personalised uh, and uh, uh, higher quality of care, I guess, that you can provide. So you're saying that, that things like postnatal clinics where women have to take their babies back into yes. the hospital later, that's become much more common rather than traditional yes, ideas absolutely. Midwife coming to your absolutely. Home. When you have less staff, it's always easy to centralise because it's an easy response to provide the service with less resources because even a midwife driving between visits is going to take, you know, double the time. Yeah. Um, so we are kind of prioritising, I guess, uh, you know, what we can with the resources that we've got. But there, there is definitely a request by women and families to receive more support in the transition into parenthood. And what sort of things do you find women um, and their families sort of typically want postnatally that they might not be getting at the moment? It's a kind of general holistic support that you receive when you get a midwife coming and doing not just the you know, physical checks and the baby checks and the weight, and, but also the breastfeeding support and providing that kind of emotional support and signposting to all the services that are available for early years. And I think also is perinatal mental health, because if we don't see women and we don't have those conversations and those assessments, it's very difficult to kind of... Uh, recognise that, you know, mental health is deteriorating and, and, and giving that kind of support. So I think that's definitely one of the biggest challenges. Let's see, how do we integrate services to make sure we're not missing those early signs and avoid things getting worse? And do you think that is something that should be the job of midwives, there being so few midwives at the moment, or should that be a role that other... I don't know, health visitors or local councils or charities sort of step into that point. Yeah, I think absolutely. I think we, we are all part of a, of a team and there is a space for everybody, but I think we need to prioritise at least for the first 28 days that is a midwife, absolutely, scope of practice to support women and families transitioning into parenthood. And I think... You know, midwives can signpost and, and refer to other services, but you definitely need midwifery care in those first few weeks. And it's such a window of opportunity, you know, to, to, to start uh, the journey right if you have the right level of support. So what sort of care can midwives provide during those first sort of 28 days or first couple of weeks that, you know, other healthcare professionals or other people involved in birth support can't? Yeah. I think the important aspect to think about is an health visitor is clearly focusing on the baby and the midwife is still looking at both. The woman is not just about the baby and, you know, obviously it is important, yeah. but it's also we shouldn't be forgetting the women and it's such a major change, particularly with your first baby, because again, you know, I think sometimes women having their first baby, they need much more postnatal support. Yeah. Then you know it's a it's a generalization, but that's usually the case. Um, and and the midwife can can just provide the, the kind of checking that everything is fine, uh, the recovery from the birth uh, is happening. They can also offer the brief of the birth experience because that's something that a lot of women ask for. Kind of making sense of what happened during labour and birth and having those debriefing conversation that midwives have been doing that. I think breastfeeding support is definitely an area that midwives are skilled in and the kind of general public health uh, support as well. Yeah. 
And so, you know, we've been hearing during the conference for the last couple of days that there is a sort of crisis in staffing in midwifery. More than half of midwives say they were to leave the NHS within the next year. You know, there's a real problem with tension and recruitment. The reality is that there aren't enough midwives to go around at the moment. What does that mean in real terms for what's happening to women and families at the moment? I think what's happening is that we have basic services available, but we're maybe not offering as much as we could be offering. So, you know, if uh, uh, you have a baby, you're still getting some postnatal support. Some of it might be uh, telemedicine, so it might be a Zoom or, you know, uh, a conversation with a midwife rather than an actual visit at home, or you might get to attend a postnatal clinic rather than getting the kind of community-based support which comes with all sorts of challenges. It doesn't mean there is no postnatal support at all, because there is. Uh, But I think midwives generally would like to offer much more, and it's easier to do an holistic assessment if you're walking into somebody home, you know, even in terms of social complexities or medical complexities. It's much easier to assess and personalise care than just see someone for, you know, 10 or 15 minutes in a clinic. So I think, yes, we need more midwives, but I think it's, a lot of midwives want to provide the kind of postnatal care. It's an area that uh, a lot of midwives love, the kind of helping new mothers and, you know, with the first days and, uh, you know, emotional turmoil that comes after following a thing. It's seen as, you know, closing the circle of that kind of midwifery care episode. So I think, I think we definitely need to get more midwives to do it, but I think it's part of the retention problem that if they don't do their own scope of midwifery practice, midwives are not really happy to just be on one place and just doing labour work. You know, midwives actually want to do community care and provide postnatal care. So it's as important to midwives to, like you say, come full circle and see that woman through pregnancy birth and hopefully happy with her baby at the end. And it's just not happening as much as you would not like as to much. And, you know, there is a variation. So not every area has the same staffing issues. There are teams still providing, you know, full continuity care pathways. There are uh, areas that have better staffing than other areas. Um, but I would say, you know, generally, in England especially, there is uh, challenging staffing is causing centralisation as less personal care. And do you know of anywhere where they've come up with some really innovative way of getting around the staffing problem? Or uh, can you give any examples of anywhere where they are providing postnatal care in a new way? Okay, well, a lot of the uh, continuity teams, uh, they provide care that is community-based and is often based in children's centres, and they do a mix of home visits and those kind of open postnatal clinic, which is very nice for the connection between women and also, you know, creating a sense of community and not just uh, uh, getting midwifery care per se. And usually they are done in collaboration with health visitors and community services. So it's not just midwifery, but then you are providing early years uh, support. But definitely a children-centered-based model like that. And, you know, if things carry on as they are and postnatal services continue to be sort of depleted as they are, mm-hmm. they don't seem to have come back from the pandemic in the same mm-hmm. way and things that were cut don't seem to be replaced. I mean, is there a real risk that things could get missed, that people could fall through the cracks that do have serious mm-hmm. problems? Yeah, I mean, that's a risk if you don't have the right investment and the right resources. 
I think there is a bit of a spotlight on modernity services, so that's hopefully going to bring more resources and more investment into it. But uh, yes, I think there is always the risk that if you don't have uh, the system in place, women will fall through the gaps, and that's why it should be made an absolute priority to avoid that you know, women are falling through those gaps. So what do you think the solution is to all of So the solution is more investment. So we have enough uh, midwives with the appropriate skill set and skill mix because you want a good balance uh, to, to just provide the highest quality of service that midwives want to be providing, but they're not being equipped and unable to do that. So it's just been announced that the Royal College of Midwives is going to ballot its members in England and Wales on whether or not they should strike over their pay and working conditions. The ballot is opening next month, that's November 2022, and will run for four weeks. And if midwives do vote in favour of industrial action, that will be only the second time in the union's 140-year history that midwives have gone on strike. The union does say that mother and baby safety will remain a priority and no action will be taken that could put any patient at risk. Now, if you've been listening to what Leah has to say and feel worried or angry or frustrated about what's going on in the wider NHS and government that's affecting midwifery services, then you're not completely powerless. There are things we can do. So you can write to your local MP and ask them to ask the government where is the maternity workforce plan? That's something that was promised, that was going to set out how the government is going to recruit and retain more midwives. That's really key to improving services for all of us, and it just hasn't happened yet. So more pressure on the government to produce that would be fantastic. You can also show your support for midwives by joining the March with Midwives UK Facebook group. If you join the group, there's lots of information on there about marches that are going to go on all around the UK, on Sunday the 20th of November in solidarity with midwives asking for better pay, better working conditions, more staffing, more resources, all the things that we've been talking about that have a knock-on effect on the care that midwives can provide to mothers and their babies. Thank you so much for listening today. Please do like us, follow us, subscribe, wherever you get your podcasts. It helps please the algorithm gods and means more people will get to see and hear what we've got to say about postnatal health. If you enjoyed the podcast and you want to leave us a review, even better. Don't forget, you can also follow Mother Bodies on Twitter and Instagram at Mother Bodies, where you can get highlights from each episode and some sneak previews of what's coming up. Thanks again and see you next time. Bye.